0: Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters, and we're two pastors, one podcast. On each episode, we'll be answering one of your questions about God, the Bible, faith, and life. We're so excited you're joining us. Good morning. I'm Michelle.
1: And I'm Eric.
0: And we are alive and well in Texas. And warm. Well, I'm not warm. Our uh, house is still freezing. Well, Are you warm?
1: Yeah, I'm warm, but that's just you. You know.
0: No, it's no. Okay, first of all, our heat is set. It says it's 70 degrees in the house, uh-huh. and it's. I'm wearing, you know, leggings, a sweatshirt, slippers, socks, and I'm cold. And you're wearing a sweatshirt. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, but still, but my it's my. It's going to be like 60 our, or 70 our heat outside works today. That's No, important.
0: everything works, yeah. but what we learned is that. These homes in Texas were definitely not made for cold weather.
1: Oh my goodness, no, no! They're you know they're certainly made for heat. You know our our yep. house has a rock facade, which mm-hmm. is fantastic in the summertime because it yeah it keeps the heat away, but it doesn't do such a great job of keeping the heat in. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and you know we were extremely fortunate because our home is only what four maybe five years mm-hmm. old at most, so mm-hmm. it's a new build, and you know presumably they have uh, new ways of building and new materials mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, but i was i was amazed at how many houses here in texas have a water heater in the attic and so when the pipes would burst the water would just literally pour out of people's ceilings
0: right which is crazy and ours is in the garage see that's what some people don't understand from up north and i wouldn't have either is Mm -hmm. that you know we have basements up north so you put the water heater and whatnot in the basement everything's fine your water heater's in the garage or the attic or something. Yeah, you're gonna have problems.
1: Yeah, and you know, with and it's it's just a function of here in the hill country, right, You I don't. Mean, yeah. It's called the hill country because it's hilly. I mean, there's there's about an inch of soil and then it's just solid rock all the right. way down. So yeah, you could have a basement, but it would cost you like a oh hundred thousand. Yeah, nobody has basement. Right. right.
0: So there's that issue, and then um, you know, it just. Yeah, we just don't get this weather. So, we had an extreme situation down here as it everyone saw on the yeah. news. We were like you said, very blessed um our pipes did not burst. We had heat for the majority yeah. of the time. Our t- it got, you know, got very cold in the house when the heat would Go off and one yeah. time it went off for many many hours it was cold we were wearing hats and stuff inside and blankets yeah, yeah it's
1: so i think it got down when the heat came back on it said 58 which was pretty cold. i
0: think it was 50 you think it was 58 yeah, but it was, yeah, was cold it was but we cold. have people from our church who were literally having 40s in their house yeah. they had no heat the whole right. time right. um didn't have water especially a lot of people live out you know they have property or like mm-hmm. ranches they're called here in texas and so you know they have these long drives in and hilly and um you know they were stuck they yeah. were literally stuck because they were iced in
1: right and that was that was the killer is that uh, before the snow came you know it came first as rain which then froze so the right. roads were just like mm-hmm. uh, an ice rink they were totally covered in ice mm-hmm. and of course living in the hill country i mean everything's on a hill right mm-hmm. there's just uh, there's there's no getting up and down so yep yeah, it was just crazy, but we're very fortunate, you know. Um, most of most of the people I've heard from in church were also fortunate, you know. Uh, I heard quite a few people saying that their uh, their wells froze, yes, or they had a, well a, a, a pipe fitting that froze, or something mm-hmm. like that. And so the it doesn't seem to be catastrophic damage, but you know, it's they certainly are without water, and of course now the problem is everybody's well froze, so it's hard to find the parts. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. Um, but, and then one final note on that, you mentioned the ceilings and stuff. Yeah, Sophie has a friend who goes to Texas A&M, and her her dorm, the pipes literally burst above her in the ceiling, because that's where they are a lot of times here, and her ceiling fell in on her dorm oh. room. In Like, I saw a picture of oh, an, yeah. Insulation yeah, it, insulation everywhere, disgusting, Ugh. stuff ruined, her room flooded. I mean... No, it was no small storm here. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I was just reading today in the Wall Street Journal that the 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 cost estimates are coming in oh, at no. about $18 billion in damage. Oh, my gosh. Which puts it at, you know, the the cost of multiple hurricanes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just insane mm-hmm. to think how a couple, really, you know, four or five days of very, very cold weather could cause such a catastrophic damage throughout yeah. the whole state. Yeah. It's just terrible. And so, again, we, we are very fortunate mm-hmm. that we weren't hit harder and that no. our church wasn't damaged uh to speak yes. of. you know we had a very Praise small God. leak in um in the shepherd house which is the old parsonage yes. but we were able to find yeah, that, that before old. anything mm-hmm. really bad happened mm-hmm. so uh, so we're very very fortunate and again most of the people in our church uh yeah uh, so weathered it, without, it well mm-hmm. yeah, but a lot of problems i mean well, it's, it's gonna, gonna be problems. a lot of fixing yeah yeah especially a lot of the folks who live in san antonio down there you know mm-hmm. they they were without heat and yes. water for, yeah. for days on end right and that's not good at all but
0: And yeah, so our dog is again chewing on his um, antler here behind us. I don't know, every time we get on the podcast, this is what he's got to do. But
1: But it's a good segue into our topic of the day, which is gluttony. Gluttony, the dog is a glutton for his antler. Exactly, he's just chomping away on his antler there.
0: Okay, so yeah, we should first remind everyone that we are doing the seven deadly sins Mm -hmm. through Lent, because Lent is a time where we kind of turn our focus back on God and the spiritual disciplines and uh this is just one way to talk about that so today we are starting with gluttony now that's not the normal order just so you know i did look up like again this is more of a catholic Mm -hmm. categorization but um the normal order of these is pride greed lust envy gluttony wrath and sloth and i think they say pride because it's kind of the yeah. the gateway, right? It's kind of like pride leads to a lot of these things, yeah. I think. That's what they yeah. do.
1: And pride is the original sin. Oh, you know, okay. Uh, is, is that Adam and Eve thought that they were smarter than God, Got and, it. and that was kind of the, the source of it all.
0: Okay. Makes sense.
1: Yeah, and then all the others follow. Uh, but today's is, is gluttony. And mm-hmm. so a couple words about gluttony. Uh, first of all, I, I learned this, gluttony, uh, the word comes from, uh, it's derived from the Latin word, which means to gulp. Yes,
0: and, that so, makes sense. That gulp or swallow. yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: glu- gulp, you know, it mm-hmm. sounds... Uh, It sounds like that. Mm -hmm. And so gluttony is, um, a good way to think about it is uh, gluttony is to food as lust is to sex or as drunkenness is to wine, that it's, it's an inordinate and an a uh, continual appetite for something that god has made good mm-hmm. but it's the appetite that, okay. that makes it bad and so you know god gave the over us appetite the over appetite yeah, the for app- it, right? because we
0: yeah the over appetite
1: yeah and so a, a good passage for that this is uh from proverbs chapter 23 verse mm-hmm. 19 so proverbs 23 verse 19 uh and it says this hear my son and be wise and direct your heart in the way do not be among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and slumber will clothe them with mm-hmm. rags which see there how he says drunkards and gluttons in, in parallel to each other uh, that, there's nothing wrong with sitting down and having a glass of wine mm-hmm. right? we talked about us, that yeah, mm-hmm. because, you know, God gave us wine as one of the blessings of mm-hmm. the earth uh, and so too there's nothing wrong with sitting down and having a nice big meal uh, as a matter of fact throughout the bible feasting is a representation or a picture of what heaven will be like okay uh, and so in the prophet Isaiah, there's that famous passage, mm. you know, on the mountain of the Lord, there shall be a feast of rich food, a feast of rich food and of well-aged wines. It's a picture of, of heaven for us. You know, Psalm 23, thou preparest a table before me in the mm-hmm. presence of mine enemy. My cup runneth over. You know, it's right. it's this, this rich, rich feast of abundance. So there's nothing wrong with eating and with even feasting and enjoying a big hearty meal, but it's the inordinate appetite for it and the inordinate inordinate continuing continual appetite for it that turns it into a sin again just like uh just like wine you know there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with sitting down and having a glass of wine but when you sit down and have two or three bottles well then you know that's a problem
0: or <laughs> well, two or three glasses for some yeah. of our listeners i mean so. they might not have your tolerance so yeah well yeah no nah. yeah. but um yes i think the difference i've heard it said is like on the one hand um eating to live which mm-hmm. we need to do Rather than living to eat, yeah, yeah. right, and and in, and it, we should say in this culture, gluttony is definitely an issue because the way our um, our diet is set up, or the way we eat as Americans, um, which is notoriously unhealthy, um, it, you know all this salt and fat and sugar mm-hmm. added. Those they say they're like the, you know, just the. Uh, I don't know some kind of a drug it becomes addictive you know yeah. they, they did that whole thing about McDonald's how they right. add like the per- their fries have like the perfect combination mm-hmm. of salt fat and sugar and therefore you just like get addicted to it and then you never you, you're always hungry for more of that type of food right. and that becomes a problem.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, there's actually a Bible story about that, not about McDonald's fries. No, I but, think
0: I know what you're talking about.
1: Uh, and so it's from uh, Numbers, Numbers. Oh chapter, no, that's not oh, what oh, I was about. Okay. at that. So Okay, so this is Numbers chapter 11. So there's there's two ways uh, that gluttony can affect us. Okay. And the first is what you were just talking about, mm-hmm. with a sense of uh, a variety, sense of always looking for more. Mm-hmm. Addiction C.S. kind of addiction. food addiction. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, C.S. Lewis talks about it as. Uh, as a delicacy that gluttons are not necessarily people who overeat all the time but people for whom uh eating is, is kind of what, one of their main things in life so here's an example okay right? this is uh, numbers chapter 11 we'll pick it up here with verse 4. now the rabble the, so the the uh, god has led the, the the hebrews out of egypt and now he's leading them into the promised land they're going through the wilderness okay now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving right and that's the problem there's a strong craving and the people of israel wept and they said oh that we had meat to eat we remember the fish oh, yes. that we ate in egypt that cost us nothing the cucumbers ah oh, the melons the <laughs> leeks the onions the garlic but now our strength is dried up and there's nothing to look at but this manna. Manna, yes. All right, so that would be one example of, okay. of gluttony. Okay. Is that it's this craving for continual variety above and beyond what yes. you really need. Yes. And again, there's nothing wrong with nothing having, wrong. you know, spicy food. I mean, I love spicy sure. food. I love variety. We all do. But there's this kind of... As it says in the Bible, a strong craving. This this dismissal of the good things God has provided. Right, and ah, there's nothing but this manna.
0: Right, you know? and that's a good story to talk about because that the whole point of that story was daily bread. Right, God mm-hmm. was giving them manna that they just what they needed every day. And if they ate too much of it, it like went disgusting in their yeah. nostrils. Right, so that was the whole point: is that they should rely on God for what they need. Not all the extra stuff yeah, every day. Yeah, not necessarily
1: what they want, right? Right, true. Mean, so our wants and needs are two separate things.
0: Absolutely, right? absolutely.
1: Uh, and then a little bit later, this is uh, Numbers, again, Numbers chapter 11, mm-hmm. same chapter, but now at the end of the chapter. So then here's gluttony in the other sense, which is quantity. Uh, okay. Not, not simply craving, but quantity. So Numbers chapter 11, verse 31. Now, a wind from the Lord sprang up, and it brought quail from the sea, and mm-hmm. let them fall beside the camp. About a day's journey on this side, and a day's journey on the other side all around the camp and about two cubits above the ground. A cubit is the distance between your elbow and the tip of your finger, so Mm -hmm. call it, you know, two feet, uh, three feet or something. Uh, And the people rose all day and all night and all the next day, so that's it. The people rose all that day, yeah, all all night, night, all the next day. They gathered the quail, those who gathered least gathered 10 homers now when you look up what that is a homer is six bushels so 10 homers is 60 bushels
0: oh my goodness i mean this
1: is like basically an entire roadside stand of quail per person right so this is
0: like what people have been doing in the grocery stores in texas yeah just like you know taking everything yeah
1: grocery carts or something okay and they spread them out all for themselves all around the camp so each person has got you know 60 bushels of quail wow and while the meat was yet between their teeth before it was consumed, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the people. And the Lord struck them down with a very great plague. Oh, my. And so, so that would be an example of gluttony, of, of eating and taking far, far, far beyond what you need. You know? Okay. So those are the two ways. You know, gluttony as quantity. Okay. And then gluttony as a... Uh, craving. A craving. Yeah. yeah. A craving for something always new and different and exciting.
0: Okay. That makes sense. No, the story I thought you were going to go with was Esau. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. we talked about the God uh, being their belly uh, in Philippians, I think it says, and also Proverbs. Well, you read we Proverbs. We haven't mentioned that yet. But oh, so, we haven't? No, what's that Philippians passage? Okay, Philippians, I think it's 319. Yep. Is it? So it says their it end. It says their end is destruction and their God is their belly. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And I think you immediately think of Esau when you think of that story because, you know, he gave up everything. His end... Mm-hmm. His he did end in destruction, basically. Right. He got removed from the family and left and all these kind of things because he was just so hungry for his stew.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I can get it. I mean, he was probably a teenage boy at the time. And oh so, you know, he came back hungry from out in the field. And it's like he just had to eat. He had to have something to eat right then. Right. Thinking. So, so he yeah. sold his birthright for yep.
0: for the stew. Yeah, interesting.
1: Yeah, their God is their belly. But that, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that right there is a perfect summation of why gluttony can be a sin. Mm-hmm. Because if your belly becomes your God, then your belly becomes an idol and your right. appetite becomes an idol. It stands sure. in the way between you and God. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Alia was, was preaching yesterday in her sermon, it becomes one of those scratches or smudges that gets in the way and you focus on that thing instead okay. of focusing on God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, Makes yeah, there's, sense. There's nothing wrong with eating food, nothing wrong with eating a variety of food. Um, but it it can become a god, it can become an idol. Mm
0: -hmm. And interestingly, you talked about, um, in the Bible, oftentimes glutton is paired with drunkard, like you said. The drunkard and the glutton, that's kind of a category of people. Um, But Jesus was called a a glutton and a drunkard because it says he came eating and drinking. Um, And so that's kind of interesting. Of course, he wasn't a glutton or a drunkard, but they called him that simply because He came eating and drinking rather than fasting as John's disciples were doing. Right,
1: right, right. And so it's kind of like, you know, you you can't win, you can't lose. Right. uh, It's like uh, the modern world. Right. You know, no matter what what you do, they're going to call you the wrong thing. Right. The the media was against him.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, and then below that, you know, again, is another reminder that, you know, Jesus came eating and drinking. Mm -hmm. Right. So food, uh, feasting, gathering around the table, having a good meal with people. Like, this, this is literally a picture of the kingdom of God mm-hmm. come to earth. Yep. Uh, but it, it can be, like anything good, it can become bad. Right. right? Yeah. And so that's what gluttony would be.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. also, you know, yes, it's not like Jesus was always... Eating and feasting. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, as we're studying Mark's gospel in our in my Bible study, it's uh, it's interesting how many times he points out like they didn't even have time to eat. He leaves, right. he he adds that like you know the people were pressing in. He was ministering. He was healing. He was doing exorcisms, etc. And it always says like there was no time for them to eat. Right. You know, so it's not like he put that first. Obviously,
1: right? right. He put people first. Yeah, he, yeah.
0: people were yeah. first, and the ministry was first. A lot of times he went without because he was working.
1: Yeah and of course he began his ministry with a 40-day fast yes and so that's one thing i want to talk about is how fasting can be a help you know it's a help for many things in many ways Mm -hmm. you know a little uh teaser for my sermon on sunday yes you're preaching about fasting so yeah Mm -hmm. you'll hear more about that okay but you know fasting is a help for many things in many ways but one of the things that it can really help us with is is gluttony uh, making sure we don't fall prey to it uh, for our appetite for food because you know when you fast You get hungry, right? And Mm -hmm. that's just kind of how it works. I mean, if you don't eat for 24, 36 hours, Mm -hmm. you're going to get hungry. Yep. But what you learn from fasting is that your hunger doesn't have to control you. Yep. That you can control it. I mean, yeah, you're hungry and it's unpleasant, but you can still control that. It doesn't have to drive your day. It doesn't have to drive your actions. You can control your hunger, not the other way around. Right. You can rein in that appetite.
0: And even after like, so fasting is the the time you're fasting and we're doing Mm -hmm. Wednesdays during lunch. We we did our first one this Wednesday, which was quite difficult because we (laughs) were still without like lights in the morning. I was doing my Bible study with candles. Um, our kids were all home from school yeah. for the week. And so we were feeding them, of course. And if you know what it's like to have kids around oh all day without no school, all they do is eat, like, like literally every hour they're coming. Right. So we're like feeding them, seeing food all over. No power. It was cold. It was like kind of a miserable fast, to be honest, that it, it, was, it was. It was a, was a tough hard, one. It was one of my way. harder ones. Yeah. Um, and we went 36 hours. That was another issue. Instead of yeah. usually we kind of go 24. But anyways, it was hard. But the beauty of it is, is the next day when you're having your breakfast or whatever, you you have the proper perspective on right. food because you're like wow this is just such a blessing to be able to have breakfast this morning yep. and it kind of orders it again it kind of prioritizes and not you don't go crazy well at least you shouldn't i guess some people could take the opposite and be, oh my goodness i have to eat everything i can because right. i didn't eat yesterday well that doesn't really happen though you know you no. all of a sudden are so thankful for what you have yeah and you just eat and i have some quotes actually i wrote about fasting this week so if you go to the if you go to the, the website where you get this um Podcast, oh, really? yeah, on the blog I wrote a little bit about fasting, and I have some good quotes in there. And one of which you've kind of already talked about, that Jesus started his ministry with fasting, and that's what empowered his whole, you know, he he fasted for 40 days, right. and then he went out in, in the power of the Spirit and healed and preached and everything. And there was a quote somebody, I think Lou Engel from his book, said something like, you know, Adam um, with a full stomach sinned, and Jesus fasting was able to resist it's something like that but the the point being like fasting fuels our our power with god you know it gives us power the power of the spirit
1: yeah well i look forward to reading that okay yeah and uh and one thing that fasting often reveals is you know it reveals your inner nature Mm. your your inner atom who is still very much a part of your life yeah so for example when we had our kids you know it uh i realized how irritable and grumpy i was but (laughs) You Know it's not just because I was hungry, I mean, sure, that that contributed, yeah. but you know, I was irritable and grumpy because there's a problem with me, right? And so, yeah, you, fasting you know, is like, oh, yeah, look at that. Waters, you got to work on that, yeah. you know. So, that was something for me to confess and work on, yes. And so, too, fasting often reveals how much of our eating is not really necessary. So, oh, for you know, sure, especially well, when Lent I go reveals home. that, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. you know, I mean, how much of how much of the food we put in the mouth we do just because we're we bored. We just go
0: into the pantry and yeah. eat some chips. Hey, you know I'm in the yeah. kitchen.
1: I think I'll have a handful of chips. And next right. thing you know, you know, half the bag is gone or something. It's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, for me especially, I always give up sweets. No, no, I, you know, don't let the word get out here. But we have a secret candy drawer in the church office. My <laughs> kids know about it. Yeah, and uh, I, it, you know, I, I give up sweets for uh, for candy, and it's amazing for I'm, lunch. For for lunch. <laughs> you I, gave up sweets I, for candy. <laughs> I give up sweets for lunch. And it's amazing to me how I have to break that habit. I've walked in. You know, in it there. becomes a yeah. habit, mm-hmm. you know, of what is it, 46 weeks of the year, I'll go to the church office, say hi to Claudia. Oh, I might as well have a piece of candy while I'm here.
0: No, that's not a good idea. That's, that's not a good idea. No, you should no, stop that You, you should stop like that after four or five times exactly. a day. You know what I mean? You got to stop
1: that. And so it's just one of those ways that, that shows how, you know, yeah. A lot of a yes. lot of our eating is actually not about our appetite or physical need. It's just out of boredom or habit or something.
0: Yep. 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 And whatever if you have given something up for Lent, whatever that is, that that will show that. It's just like, you know, I give up uh, my nightly wine glasses, you know, glass mm-hmm. glasses, whatever. I usually have wine with dinner and maybe a little bit more. And I give that up for Lent and um that also has just become a habit, you know, yeah. it's, you know, it doesn't, I don't need to have it, but so no. it's, it's those things that have just become a habit and stuff are good to give up and just sort of reprioritize and remind yourself, you know, that you can sacrifice, right. that God has sacrificed everything for us and we can make small sacrifices and grow closer to him.
1: Yeah, that's right. Because we want our lives to be controlled by him and mm, not by our, right. not by our belly. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Right. exactly. Good. Do we have anything else to say about gluttony? No, that's no. How I got one. My okay. whole page
1: full of notes, all done. Yes.
0: Okay. So. We're done. Okay. Well, next week I think we are coming with greed because that Ooh. kind of follows. You know, gluttony and greed—they're they're based out of the same thing. I think we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna do greed next, um, and we look yeah. forward to that.
1: I look forward to it as well.
0: Our dog wants to go out, so yes, I think it's time. Okay. See you next week.